Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Rose and Shine podcast with us, Victoria Rusolson and Josephine Roos. We are Swedish sisters, and in our podcast, we explore career and well-being, So join us for inspiration and practical insights from our own international lives and careers. Good morning. This is Victoria sending from Atlanta. Good morning, Victoria. This is Josephine from Mallorca, Spain. How are you? And welcome to 2022, our first episode. (laughs) Welcome to a new year. And uh, well, essentially, January was a write-off. So, um, you know, pretty glad to be here in February and to begin again. I know, I know. Hence the theme of our episode. Yes, to begin again. And why are we doing this? Because perhaps, like, Many of our listeners and our dear friends and people that we work with, including ourselves, have in different ways and different levels felt that perhaps we're reaching some kind of burnout before even getting into February. Mm-hmm. And perhaps the year did not really start out as planned. Perhaps we already broke some of those amazing intentions, if you are like us, that you did vision boards and wrote up roles and goals, perhaps January just not live, did not live up yeah. to all of that. And I've spoken to a lot of leaders. It's been a busy January for me. And I've heard a few mention things such as, I don't know what's wrong, but we just don't have the energy or the engagement. It's like everyone's like, oh. So this episode is for all of you, right? For everyone to sort of, what can I do now to reboost that energy? And maybe you're like, hey, I'm rocking it and this is going great. This could be a little bit of an inspiration to keep you going, right? So to add to that level, what are we going to talk about then? Well, first of all, we're going to talk about, of course, how we're feeling right now and mm-hmm. where we are at and perhaps why January isn't <laughs> isn't everything that it was meant to be. Um, but then moving on to the fact that wherever we are, we don't actually need to lose all of those good intentions that yeah. we had set for yes. the year. It is okay to write off January and you can begin again. Yes. So this is for everyone that if you're like me, you might have received things on Instagram saying, you know, this is the most important week to keep your goals or your intentions going, (laughs) you know, because after three weeks or so you let go. Some of you might be there, but some of you more like me might feel like, okay, I didn't even get to start those three weeks of good intentions. Yeah. I need to start them now. And don't feel bad for January, but essentially start to see, okay, what can I do to pick things up yeah. in February? Which makes me think of a friend of mine sent me this little fun clip and it was something like, hey, we have a new concept of an amazing gym. So it starts every year at January 1st. And for the three first weeks, it's a hardcore gym. And then week three, it turns into a wine bar. <laughs> So, so, <laughs> this is for everyone who wants to stay in the gym and also go to the wine bar. 
whatever your intentions are. So like, how do I make the best of that? All right. So, (laughs) so first of all, how are you? How's your year been going so far, Josephine? Well, I was saying to a friend, she was contacting me. We have these lovely catch up calls on a monthly basis and and we had not done that in January. Mm -hmm. And I just wrote to her like January has been a big smack in my face. Oh, um, you know, <laughs> no, but you know, that's how it felt that, that it started. And I'm saying that laughing now, because as things always are, and they always fluctuate, you yeah. can be in a dip and yeah. then you just have to be there perhaps for a little bit. And then you can start to get out on, on the other side. Yeah. So when I, when I say that, I mean, January for, well, first of all, it started off with, with, really bad health news for one of my best friends Mm -hmm. and that started off just shocking us all and her and just incredibly um tough to be thinking about that yeah and then I got COVID (laughs) which I think probably 95% of the listeners you know or at least 60% of the listeners by March if we believe the stats you know right will have experienced And it's not like, you know, people are talking about Omicron being so mild and not noticing anything. I can tell you that our family noticed Omicron for sure. We all had it. We were all bedridden and it was pretty sick. Yeah. And then, you know, how things are with diseases, like we're sick, but of course it wasn't, or not of course, but it wasn't so bad that you're worried about the disease in itself, but it plays on your mind, you know? Yeah. It plays on your mind. And I was feeling so kind of guilty about that because at the same time, I, I have my friend that have these really challenging health news. And yeah. for me, a week of COVID is already playing on my mind. Yeah. So I was thinking about that and thinking about how to keep strong almost for her because I feel like it's my responsibility somehow mm-hmm. but the um the tiredness and and sadness and and whatever that disease might bring up was quite uh, lingering mm-hmm. and i guess that's why we having this episode and it is changing now but it was just kind of important to reflect on that a little bit yeah yeah right i totally understand and i remember getting um and you know our quick chats and and whatsapp messages and at the same time that you were all down with covid my husband and I had the most amazing trip to Hawaii. So uh, I'm like, so I'm going to do that every year now, go and have a Maui boost uh, in, in January, because I must say that was amazing. I and think what that is, the, sorry to yeah, interrupt, no, go ahead. but the idea of literally writing January off, I mean, this is, sounds incredibly privileged and, and it would be and is, yes. but to literally take a break in yeah. January, yeah. we did that. We went once away in January. Amazing. And now you've had this amazing holiday in yeah. Hawaii. It does calm the mind down. I mean, really, that was, and, and for those of you who have not been to Maui and it's a magical place. I mean, there really is a little touch of magic there. So that was wonderful. Mm-hmm. What did happen, though, is when we came back, of course, all the things I was supposed to have done that, like, it became a very sort of intense week. So I guess from my perspective is the promise to myself to not be busy, 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 but just busy <laughs> well, is, has been, in a sense, challenged, even though it was extremely serene and reflective and beautiful in Maui. Yeah, so that's what I'm going to be thinking about. But let's let's go into to the steps here, right? What yeah. can we do then uh, when we are here at this place where January maybe didn't turn out the way I wanted or I'm not in a great place? And by the way, I guess this could go for any time in life when you're sort of checking in with yourself and you feel that it's not really going according to plan, according to your intentions. So what is it that you can do then? What's the first step? Well, so it really to say that it's when you're, when you need to start again. And like you're saying, that could be, you need to start again with the day. You need to start again (laughs) with the week. You know, you need to start again with a meeting or, you know, the tennis game. Yeah. So it's that kind of almost the mindset Mm. of a professional athlete. You know, how do you start again when things are not going that well? And even perhaps in situations when you're not really ready for a pep talk. Yeah. But, but you know, when, when things are actually kind of 
hard. Yeah. And yeah. how do you still start again, but in a way that is genuine and and motivating for you? Yeah. So we've been thinking a lot about this. And in the past week, I'm going to say we've, we've checked in with each other numerous times and really say like, so how do you do it? And we've looked into all the different workshops and things that we do. And as you all know, we read lots of books and really think and reflect on what's the number one sort of starting point. And I think that number one point is just to start out by truly checking in with yourself, mm-hmm. right? Before you do anything else. And as you said, you know, you're like, oh, I don't want to think about this. I'm just going to go, okay, that intention didn't work. Forget about it, but really start out and just ask yourself, where am I? Right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and why am I here? And what do I need? And what's the consequences if I'm going to stay here? Right? So a little bit of a self-analysis. Yeah. A, a, bit of that checking in and just recognizing where you are. Where where am I now? Where is where have this left me? Where is the month of January? If that was a big wave, you know, mm-hmm, where has mm-hmm. it left me now? And with that starting to do that self-diagnosis, it's a little bit about taking that time to accept what happened. Yeah. Okay. So January was that big big wave that that washed me. Um, or this meeting was, or or this day was, and okay, but here I am now sitting on the beach and that solid ground. Mm-hmm. And now I need to start to think about, okay, where am I? What do I still want to bring with me from all of these intentions and goals that I perhaps had set up that didn't go the way that I planned? Because looking at where you are now is also a really good moment to start to then look at refocusing. Yeah. So going back over. So you might have, like I did in December, written a number of goals for the year. Now feeling that perhaps not started on that many of them. Mm -hmm. Go back to that list and see, because this is a great time to see what of those are actually still inspiring to me. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. And I, I think when you do that, also sometimes, you know, the constant thing of, okay, well, I broke my resolution, right? And that's why I think resolutions are really not that great. It's better with intentions, right? And mm. visions and because it's a continued journey, it's, right? But so what if you did? But it's a little bit like, I think I've shared this, this I read this book about it. It's a, a woman who works with hypnosis and she's saying that, you know, a lot of people, and I can totally relate to this, they're like, okay, So I had that brownie and I wasn't going to have any sugar. And now I'm like eating this brownie. So sod it. I can just have as many brownies as I want because it's anyway too big. Mm -hmm. And she sort of compared that to, well, how would you do if like if you were shopping and you went on the spree and did a little bit of over shopping one day, you wouldn't solve that by, okay, it's too late anyway. I'm going to go and (laughs) shop even more today. I mean, most people would, I I guess there are addictive shoppers too, right? But Uh most people would say like, no, okay, better keep it a little bit tight this month, right? Because uh-huh. otherwise I'll, I'll have a big problem next month. And I think that's also okay to say, like, I didn't ruin it. Okay, it didn't really go the way I wanted to, but no. what can I do about it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And with that first, if this is our first step, so to say, the, you know, mm-hmm. the recognizing yeah. where you are, mm-hmm. you start to then see, you know, where do I really want to keep my focus this year? And then perhaps look into a little bit, what is it that I need to yeah. get the desired yeah. result? Yeah. And or to start in the desired result, no, not, not even the result, to start moving again, if that is where you are. Yeah. And I was thinking about this because there are some days that that I would call you and, you know, everything that I would need is probably someone saying, you know, or you saying, come on, you can do this, <laughs> you know, just get up there and do it. And I was thinking last week, like, if you'd said that to me, I'd probably just start crying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's still, I wanted to go get to that point, feeling motivated again. But at that point, what I needed was much more, you're doing great, you know, yeah. just yeah. take it easy and rest. And I had this whole reflection yeah. around the struggle, this kind of constant struggle and for me, I mean, my brain is telling me enough that I'm not doing enough 
Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't need another person telling no. me that. Like, I have that covered. And I think, I, I don't know, for me, it was just a realization of perhaps there does not need to be so much struggle. No. You know, maybe, maybe in these situations, when you're feeling like you should get started, maybe that gripping of getting started is perhaps working against you getting started. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> I, I love that you're saying that. And I think it's something I've been reflecting on a lot too lately. And also I'm really thinking back to my friend Sophia that I spoke about in the last episode. And I think the trick is to know what kind of medicine you need hmm. yourself or, or the person that you're talking to or the person that you're the leader to, because it's not always one answer, right? And it's going to vary with, with the same person even right and Mm. sometimes all we need is just someone that listens and says yes and no and and or we need to do that to ourselves just just be kind to ourselves Mm. and then there are times where you just need like hey kick in the butt and just get going and (laughs) someone or yourself that just like hey just stop whining and, and go for it but the challenge is to know when do you need what yes and the idea here is that no one, no one can tell you that. We certainly can't tell you that. And I'm preparing this module on resilience for, for peace on purpose that mm-hmm. I, that I work with. It's um, trainings for UN staff. And part of that that we're looking at is in terms of looking at people with, with, or that have showcased a lot of resilience. Mm-hmm. There is not one single tool that these people have used. And actually, whatever people are using for a way of supporting them through a potentially traumatic time, that's changing and has to change over time. After a certain amount of time, any type of coping hate behavior might become maladaptive. Yeah. So you might need to refine after a while what you're doing. Yeah. And maybe sometimes you might have a negative coping behavior, but that might actually help you, like having a big drink one night. Yeah. But if that becomes what you're doing every time you're struggling, obviously that wouldn't be something to to recommend. No. But maybe that first time that is what you need, you know? Yeah. So there's just there's a number of different um ways and and that is the starting with the self-diagnosis. Where am I? Yes. And what do I need now? And the trick here is you say we'll never know, but I think the key skill is to really really listen. And and listen to each other and, and listen to yourself, mm. right? And and to have that ability to, to listen and, and just spend time doing that. And I know I've spoken before about, you know, rather than just saying, hey, how are you doing today? But just say, hey, what are three different feelings, right? And, and I've started to go even deeper and saying, like, I don't want to hear you good. I want you to, to stop for a moment we're we're here now and you know lately I'm doing lots of workshops with leaders where I know they've already worked half the day right and now they're coming in from their busy day and they're like oh yeah this is something to tick off on my list right to just stop for a moment take a deep breath and just check in like hey how am I doing look at yourself and it's so interesting the answer is just really it's like 20 seconds that people stop, reflect, and think about themselves and the answers that come out. Like, oh, it's not just, oh, hey, great. Right. And and some will be doing great, but many, you know, all these different feelings. And I think that's an important part to stop and just ask yourself, how am I doing? Why am I feeling this way? Right. And what's going to happen if I stay here? Is this good or bad or like, Right. So I think there's something before what's going to happen if I stay here. And you kept actually reminding me that um, the book here that we both picked up in the airport, I think, I think maybe uh, perhaps a lot of people did lately, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck with Mark Manson. And he writes about this feedback loop from hell. (laughs) Um, And when this idea of like, you're feeling bad. And then you feel really bad for feeling bad. Yeah. A great example is I have COVID, I feel bad, but actually I have a lot of consideration for my friend who's in a much harder situation. And, uh-huh. you know, and, and then you, I shouldn't be feeling this bad. I should just kind of get myself together. And I, I think that's important. And we all, we all know about it, but it is that taking that step in between and saying, okay, I'm sad and that's okay. And yeah. I can, you know, yeah. maybe I get to be here. So perhaps less about like, 
And how will I feel if I continue to stay here? Because, you know, that will feel even more sad. <laughs> you know, well, that so would I be, guess I wasn't, but, when I said that, I wasn't necessarily thinking about the feeling of being sad. I was thinking for me, like, all right, I am extremely busy right now. Mm. It's super intense. I took it from my perspective mm-hmm. from the last week, mm-hmm. right? And saying to myself, right, all right, I'm busy. Uh, I'm having lots of fun, but it's very intense. And what's going to be the consequences if I stay yeah, in this okay. speed yeah. for the rest of the week, right? So, yeah. so I, I think that's uh, how I was relating to exactly. it. But, but absolutely, you're right. When it comes to those feelings, it's and, and that feedback loop from hell, I can, <laughs> I think some do it more than others. I can definitely see you as my sister, you uh, how you sort of easily get into that trap of like, no, I don't want to be angry. Like, and then you add even more feelings. I think one of my daughters is an expert at this as well. And I think if you end up there, it's really like, stop that loop, mm. right? Because it's not going to help you, right? Yeah. And I think it's for a lot of people that are, you know, kind of in the positive psychologist world yeah. or the messages that we get all the time are essentially you know that we should control how we feel <laughs> yeah and, and then we also get messages that are saying okay it's okay to feel bad but they are so contradicting sometimes that it is hard to say okay let's feel bad here a bit let's write january off and then you know let's get up again yeah so going back and thinking about this famous Swedish book of Alphonse Oberg, you know, where yeah. the wise grandma is telling this little boy uh, that, you know what, it's okay to have a boring time because, you know, we, we need to be bored sometimes so we can really enjoy when it's not boring, right? Uh-huh. If it would always be on a high, you're never going to enjoy it. And I think it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be like, I don't have it all together, right? And have those moments and be a bit self-compassionate, I'd say. Self-compassionate. And then after that, the next step is to start to look at, okay, so what, what is the perhaps the input that I need for yeah, the desired result? Exactly. And the inputs might be very different from different people and different times and whenever you're listening to this the medicine might be different so to say but the idea here is that perhaps sometimes we go to input that we think will be helpful yeah that is actually not helpful because we're we're stuck in it or we don't have the, the access to it so that's for say for me now why was I feeling so down well perhaps because I'm actually addicted to working out and I couldn't uh-huh. work out yeah the 10 days yeah that's a really good point <laughs> and or still not really. And then you have to look at, okay, what are other types of, of input that can, unfortunately it's food, but it's yeah. like, you know, short term impact, but yeah, mm-hmm. but, but it's a bit of that looking at what is the input that you need. And normally, or I wouldn't say normally for some people, it might not be telling yourself that you should do more or feel no. better, no. but rather it might be something very different. Yeah. So what we prepared, actually, we've gone through and we looked at what are different things that potentially could be something that works for you? Because I think to your point, it's all going to be different things, but what are proven methods that works for some that potentially could be working for you? Yes. And you've been speaking about one method very enthusiastically in the past week, like when we've <laughs> spoken. So, so tell us all about that. What is one thing that really works for you? Well, so this one thing came to me after having an incredibly inspiring um, conversation with, with one of my best friends who's, who's also um, facing health challenges at this time. And I was giving her some advice, which beautifully was turned right back at me. You know, she used the exact <laughs> words and gave that to me. But like, it, it was a beautiful conversation. We both left it so inspired, but it was all around baby steps. Hmm. It was all about in a situation where something is overwhelming and hard and incredibly challenging, the real importance of taking baby steps. Yeah. And what does that mean? I mean, I think that that can be a lot of different things. And we all know about, you know, let's let's take the baby step. But I think that there's something around when you're really stuck or going through something challenging, you need some motion. Yeah. You need something 
to start again. And you need to look back at at a period of your time and say, well, no, actually, you know, it was meaningful. I, I started something, whatever that is, mm-hmm. not started mm-hmm. something big, but I, I put something into motion. And here the baby steps are so incredibly important. And and I recognize that a lot of my goals, despite knowing these kind of things, but a lot of my goals of the year were written in such kind of big capital letters. It was the big goal. Like I am wanting to create an institute here in Mallorca. Mm-hmm. And Picking that up, being sick in COVID and, you know, everything that was happening, you know, how do you even start a Monday morning? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with the final vision, like my goal there is like the final vision. And, and you look at Instagram or social media and you see some, you see the other people's final results of yeah. their, you know, 15 yeah. year journey. And it looks very, very big. And I just think that having that time to look at the small steps, the small things that you could put into to motion now. Yeah. And I just saw the importance of perhaps for me, when I'm in a more of a higher, higher state, mm-hmm. actually also write down the baby steps because that supports you when you are in a lower state. Yeah. But when you're in this lower state, um, you might not even know what the baby steps are. Yeah. But so just a personal experience that makes me think of me having put, I mean, Last year, I put the big goal, like I'm going to write a book, right? Then now it's going to happen. And that just felt so overwhelming to me. Like, because I then I got really busy. I'm like, I'm never going to be able to write a book. And then summer came and I had a little bit of time to reflect and revisit and and really think about it. And I thought, well, all right, so I'm probably not going to write a book this year. Um, But what I can do, what is a baby step? is to just write something little every day, right? And write a reflection. And if it's going to eventually get in a book or not, let's see and post these on LinkedIn. And it's it's interesting because then it was such a small thing, but I started to do it after the summer to regularly, I I gave myself like, okay, three times a week, I'm going to post a little thought, a little something that I'm writing on, on LinkedIn, just because it really puts it into action. It was something specific and it was not too overwhelming. And it was really with that intention of forget about the book for the moment, but this is what I need to start working on. And it's interesting now in January, so like six months later, when first I went to Hawaii and I met all my colleagues or many, many of my beautiful colleagues. And it was fun to see like so many of them came up to me and were like, wow, we love your LinkedIn posts. And and that was so rewarding and so lovely to, to get all that feedback. And what felt like such a small thing to write all these little, you know, whenever I'm doing it, I'm like, it's in my morning reflection and I'll just write it down, right? And then post it. Now that I see it actually produces lots of tests. I have like, so I've, I've saved them and I have them, right? So that's an example, I'd say, of a baby step, right? Yeah, and I think that's... Um that can be applied at different times. It can be when you are, you know, in a high achieving job and you're really busy and you need to put baby steps into this other dream or this mm-hmm. writing the book dream or, you know, that kind of, that is outside of your normal workday perhaps. And then it's also, if you are, you know, quite a new mother or you yeah. have young kids, I feel mm-hmm. like this really fits in here because that's a time when there's so much stop and go and stop and go. Yeah. There are, yeah. you know, you're inspired and then you have three weeks of not sleeping properly and then you're home with a sick kid and it can all become this long blur. Yeah. And there again, I think these tiny steps still create such a important, both for the result, but also for the motion in itself and, and the well-being that that creates. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So (laughs) as you hear, I'm clearly a fan of baby steps. And I read, it was really nice. There's this Japanese expression called Kaizen. If one wants to have a bit of a fancier word uh, in relation to their strategy and not want to call it baby steps. But Kaizen is essentially saying that it's about, it's, it's a Japanese philosophy 
for businesses to, you know, do changes without having to have huge investments um, and still kind of increase their productivity or whatever. Mm. And it's really talking about like, what are the small things that you can tweak, that you can change, that you could just do a little bit differently? And and here's the thing, there's in that scoop, there are so many different, really, really good methods, right? And so here are a few to recommend for everyone that I think are sort of in that field of the baby step business, if you wish. But mm-hmm. um, one is uh, the book, The Four Disciplines of Execution, which is something I work closely with. And it's my colleagues, Chris McChesney and Yim Euling that wrote it. And it's amazing. So that's something that inspires me all the time. The whole idea here is pick that big goal, like, okay, I'm going to write the book, write something that, that stands out with something that's really important for you. And then decide what's that one little habit that's going to lead into that. Mm. Measure that habit and then have accountability in your teams to, to make sure that you keep up with that. So that's one method that I think is really for everyone who's, especially if you're working in teams, I think that's an amazing way to create energy, accountability and engagement. Another one that we've for just... The X. Yes. Four Disciplines of Execution. The, the main author is Chris McChesney. Okay. can definitely recommend that. Um, another book that I've read recently and I've listened to uh, him as well is The Atomic Habits, um, which is a brilliant book as well, which is really also talking about, hey, pick that little thing that's going to make the difference. And I think that's wonderful and really important. Mm. And then we've started to Google and read like that whole theory. I think it's quite popular here in the U.S., around streaks you want to talk about streaks when you pull all of your clothes off and just <laughs> run up on the football court no I th- that feels like an english thing right like isn't that like i'm sorry to all our british listeners you tell me but i'm english thinking lads. of the wimbledon or english football when people run naked on the court yes if they're yeah. old guys with lots of bears and um yeah <laughs> yeah so that's what we're gonna do no that's not no. what we're gonna do so t- tell us about what what is streaking when you're not running naked at wimbledon what what else is it well it's the it's the motivational idea around doing something in a row yeah right so it's like our brain really loving the fact that we keep on doing something and that we can tick something off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think that's been used for good and bad right like i've heard of it in bad terms in terms of these like TikTok challenges or whatever, where people need to be in contact with each other every day because yes, they get it's crazy. Points I've seen for my, in the, no, I think it's Snapchat, right? Okay, like maybe the girls. Yeah. Th- th- this worked a few years ago, right? It was crazy. They they really could not leave their. They had to hand over their passwords if we were going somewhere with no Wi-Fi for twenty four hours <laughs> to not interrupt their street. And you know, it wasn't that it would make sense. It was just like. <laughs> It's strange. Exactly. But the idea is that you can use that motivational um, because it's, um, it's, I mean, that is what it is. But that actually talks about how motivational it could be. I mean, the purpose of it, right? Exactly. Exactly. So it's to use that for something positive. Yes. Um, So you could do that around any kind of habits Mm -hmm. that you want to Mm -hmm. put in place. And you can make sure that you kind of tick in every day that you do that. Mm -hmm. So that, and there are apps for for doing that um, that you can download. So for, yeah, so for good and bad, I also have this mindfulness app waking up that I'm listening to where they used to do that. And then there was this whole conversation around, you know, why make something like mindfulness into this competitive thing that you fail Mm -hmm. if you don't do. So there's a balance there, I think, you know, are you adding more failure to yourself for for not streaking. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he actually removed that from the app, which I think makes sense for a mindfulness app. Yeah. But, you know, it might be something that you want to try. And I was playing around with the idea of, of having a some kind of um, micro baby step habit. Yeah. Or even just the fact, like, have I for tomorrow put up one baby step habit uh, or baby step action that I want to take. Yeah. So the streak is not necessarily in taking the action. It's like having actually prepared the action for the next day. Yeah. Well, that could be your action. That's preparation, right? But uh-huh. see, that's also like in atomic habits and in other these of like it's okay if you do one push up per day. Like mm-hmm. everyone can do it. Like that's the whole idea to keep it very, very simple and then getting in to that habit. And I I find it addictive. I mean I'm on my Peloton. We've discussed the Peloton before. Mm-hmm. And I was like 
when we went to Sweden and I kind of forgot about my app and I, I lost my 36 week going streak, right? I was devastated. Yeah. <laughs> I lost my weekly account, you know, so I think, so that could be a way. But sorry, but there, the question then there is, so you're at the 36 week, you've lost your streak. Yeah. And this is where we need to begin again. Exactly. I'm on week five now. I'm like, <laughs> it's a new year. I'm starting over. It's fine. I told myself it can be year per year, right? So I'm going to beat 36 this year. And that's amazing. But I think that there's an important point there. And that's where everyone, I think, needs to contemplate for themselves. And I think that's the whole point of this episode is how do you pick it up the day? You know, not when you're doing on week 36 to 37, but how are you picking up that day that you have lost your streak? Yeah. (laughs) You know, when things did not work out as you planned. So, and that's what, of course, these baby steps and these methods and, and, and the streaking could be part of. Well, see, I think that's part of our next part, though, because we, when we were talking about this and preparing, we said one part is, OK, there are systems there are structures that we can use, like baby steps, the four disciplines, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the streaking, right? All of these things. But the other part is more that mental talk with ourselves, right? Like yeah. that. OK, so how do I do that? How do we pick ourselves up? When we missed that, when it didn't work out, when we kind of lost ourselves a little bit. Yeah. And I think we, you, you said it really well, like you put those big goals and it was like, that was hard to achieve. One thing is to, okay, break it down. But what if that also didn't work? What can you do? What, what can we do? What can we tell ourselves when we are stuck a little bit in that situation? is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware weather ready teak and quick dry foam cushions for memorial day get 15% off your burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor that's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So we go back to the first step, which yeah. is like accepting yeah. and mm-hmm. awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where I am. And then you start to develop your your baby steps. And then also perhaps, do you want to talk about the idea of circle of influence? Do you think that is something that would be useful at that time? Oh, yeah. I think the circle of influence is always going to be useful. But I do think when we're there, the the problem is like we get stuck and we feel annoyed and we put a lot of our energy and thoughts on maybe the things that we can influence. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea with the circle of influence and the circle of concern is you can take everything that sort of concerns you, that worries you, that keeps you up at night, big or small, and put it in a circle of concern, right? Mm -hmm. Now within that circle, there's a smaller circle, which we call the circle of influence. So out of all these things, and what could it be? Could be, okay, COVID, uh, world economy. It could be my child's schooling for next week. It could be um, the health or my time schedule, or it could be in like big to small, everything really that fits into our circle of concern to then look at these things and say, what's something little within each of these things that I can influence, right? Yes. So 
to take it to the big extent, you can't influence that your friend or narrow friend is is really sick at the moment. But what is something you can influence? You can influence of checking in with her and mm-hmm. give her a little bit of strength and courage, right? Mm-hmm. So focus your energy on that instead of that big awful worry. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. But what about all right, so oh my goodness, I'm never going to write another book. Like that's big and thought like, well, I can influence that I actually can share a short example or a short text three times a week, right? So it's Mm. like, where do I put my energy and focus on? And I cannot choose everything that happens to me, but I can really work on how am I going to choose to react to it? Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I also think that that could help to start to think about we talked about refocus, mm-hmm. you know, after you've done your awareness, but it's also perhaps something about revisiting the beliefs yeah. that you have yeah, and revisiting what you are, perhaps what are limiting beliefs um, or what are putting you in, in certain places or certain patterns to do certain things. And I was thinking about something the other day. I was, um, I've been giving my kids, they, they get snack, right? So mm-hmm. They bring snack mm-hmm. to school. And I was seeing a video that they sent from school and all of the kids were sitting there with these like little cut up apples um, and apple like really quite nice snack boxes. Yeah, apple slices uh, and nice snacks. And my kids were sitting there eating like their uncut apples <laughs> that had just been put into <laughs> into their, their bag. The way it was and done in the 80s and 70s, you mean? Like you got your apple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got an apple. Yeah. I never got a cut apple. And- <laughs> And I realized, though, how for me lately, it's been a narrative in my mind. Like, I don't have time to cut their apple. Like, I'm a busy, full-time working person. And that's not something, you know, to make a special um, merinda, it's called here, like a special snack box. Like, why? (sighs) that is not what I have time to do. And then I started to think now that actually, I have a little bit more time. Like I could actually make apple slices. It's just something I've been telling myself lately, you know, that I can't. Mm-hmm. And then I reflected one further step around this, which is that I hold, I think, a belief around like a busy, successful person does not have time to cut up the apples. Okay, so I get so many thoughts when I hear <laughs> this story about <laughs> apple cuttings. Like, like, and it's interesting because. When I think of you, uh, you are my role model in giving healthy food Apple to your cutting. children. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like so, so obviously you're 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 like ten years behind me in that. Like, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I wish I should have thought of that. Right? You know, your kids thought that ice cream for quite a long time was like mixed frozen berries with avocado. Right? <laughs> like it was like that was their idea. Mm-hmm. And then I, I know it's not that way any longer than grandpa came into the picture. And so <laughs> they noticed the but, joy of real ice cream with real sugar. Yeah. But so for me, when you're saying this, I'm like, really? Are you not the ones where they would have like the apple cut with like some chia seeds? And, you know, that that would be my picture of you. But so so what what do you conclude? It's, and I guess here is a part of the circle of influence then. Like, is that where you want to put your energy? I mean, you, yeah, yeah, I, exactly like, like, okay, your picture of, well, I, I'm actually a person who has time to cut the apples or, but you did tell me when you saw the, the boys on the video, yeah. were they sad about their full apple or like, were Completely they like- happy about their apple? So that's not the problem. And it makes me think of two things here, what you're saying. The first of all is that the kind of the, the belief around the apple thing that it's highly personal and you had another thought of yeah. me as, you know, this successfully apple slicing mom. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I and then I think the other the other part of it is just really like, am I choosing to cut or not cut the apples? Yeah. Because it is or it's not important to me, or because it does or doesn't give me joy. And I just think all of this long story about cutting apples, I hope you're still with us, like <laughs> that it makes sense, is that. I just had not checked in on that. I just had kept on the belief that I was too busy to cut apples because perhaps I also put some kind of value into being someone that didn't have time to cut apples. And now I actually think, 
like I could do that with some joy. Yeah. You know, it could actually be a small, nice thing because like you're saying, it does give me joy to feel like the kids are eating a really healthy snack. So, so I mean, see, that's where the reflection never ends because I would also throw in there and I'm, you know, well, why would you cut the apples? Because your kids are clearly enjoying the apple uncut. I mean, are you doing it so that they will look like all the other kids having their apple slices and you will feel just as good as the other moms? Or do you truly enjoy it? I mean, I think that's, and there's no right or wrong. It's just something to ask ourselves because exactly the biggest challenge is how do we use our time? I think there's so many people that, that are looking into this. And I think you really need to ask yourself, do I have time for apple cutting? And does it add value for me mm. or my boys? And if it doesn't really add value, then maybe don't. Yeah. Right. And I think we're talking about apple slices here, but in reality, it could go into all things that we do at work. Like, why do I stay so long with this PowerPoint presentation? Or why am I part of this meeting that I don't need to be? Or why do I feel like I need to go on this dinner with the, that does not give me energy? Just go a little bit deeper and ask you what value does it give to you and what value does it give to others? Mm -hmm. And the idea is if you're deprioritizing something, what else are you prioritizing? Yeah. And the other way around. Obviously. Exactly. Because every time you choose to cut your apples, you choose to not do something else. Yes. And what I started to feel though was this funny other reaction, which is like, okay, but I could actually really enjoy cutting the apple. Yeah, exactly. Like, and then you should The do joy it. of small things. Yes. Which I think is overrated sometimes when we yeah. forget that. <laughs> but, but you're absolutely right. So I'm not saying that one or the other is right or wrong. I think exactly to what your point is like, you actually do enjoy that. And when I see you in the kitchen doing all of these things, I see a lot of joy. Mm. When, when you're working on your, your, <laughs> your green smoothies or your beautiful cakes and, you know, I see you there in your flowy dresses and your kitchen, a little <laughs> bit of a lovely mess and, and you're having all these gorgeous ingredients and, and you're just perfect. So I see that that's a moment where you shine really. Yes. And I think I was reading Brene Brown recently and just again, another quote from her around how busyness is, yeah. is such a buzzword, you know, yes. and that we're all kind of tend to be so busy. And I think my whole reflection around that is that I had this idea that I was too busy for doing that. Mm. And rather it should be idea around what do I prioritize and what do I not prioritize? Yeah. Not really around busyness. Yeah. So, yeah. So, 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 so <laughs> where we are for the listeners who sort of lost where, where we're at, but we're really talking about that mindset. And if we've lost a little bit of track to say, what can I do to get back on track? So look at the things that add value. And I love your point. Like maybe it's just enjoyable to cut apples and I should be doing that. Mm. So what is it that gives you joy? And what is it that gives you focus? I think that's so important. And, and what are your beliefs around yourself? Like, where are they limiting yes. you? And where have a reality check? Do other people actually see you that way? Yeah. And they probably don't. Yes. So why should you? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So that's another point then talking about others that we would discuss. And I think it could be really, really important too, is if we feel that we're a little down and we're a little bit lost, another thing that we know drives energy and that is so important is to maybe connect with others. Like not just like, hey, hey, but to take a moment and check in with people that, that matters to you and, and just go a little bit deeper and create that energy of connection, right? Yeah. I mean, connection is, is so crucial for everything, mm -hmm. everything that we do in terms of well-being. And and I think that a lot of people are feeling quite lonely. Yes. It's an incredibly lonely world, the way that many of us work right now. And um, that could be even if we're in an office. I've been in many offices where I've been lonely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they can also be when you are working from home. But this idea of connecting with others and the idea of one small thing that I really like, if, if you're meeting new people, but connecting with people, if you can, in movement like yeah. If you can go for a walk with someone, um, if that is a meeting, walk and talk, or if that is a new friend, or if that is a lunch date or whatever it might be, the movement just releases 
so yeah. much in terms of yeah. ideas and that's that's a good and the yeah. synchronicity as well of moving means that we connect more <laughs> we feel safer with the other person just because we are moving with them yeah exactly and that makes me think i have um a friend who's reached out and i i get many lovely requests like this from wonderful people that i know and that i don't know that want to sort of just meet up and talk and Unfortunately, I cannot check in with everyone, but but this is a friend of mine and I, I, I really think he needs it right now. And he asked. And so we just said, OK, we're going to go for a walk together and walk and talk and just do a little bit of a coaching check in session walking. Right. And I think that is super powerful. And the trick here when it comes to relationships and when it comes to connections is really to think about sort of see through your connections and see who gives you energy and who does not, who drains you from energy. Pick to consciously hang out with the people that do give you energy, right? Yes. And it's such a common advice, but it's so hard sometimes to apply. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, you know, we had that conversation recently and it's about how do you feel after you leave a conversation or or a person Mm -hmm. rather? Yeah. (laughs) And that's where you, it's not so much about whether it's enjoyable when you're with them, but it's really like what happens afterwards. And that is being aware of that can feed that whole circle of, you know, of, of supporting you and taking the baby steps in the right direction, because that awareness tells you really crucial information about whether that is someone that you should keep connecting with or not. Yeah. And to your point also, sorry, I I wanted to go back to your thought that I think a lot of people are feeling a little lonely now, right? And uh, that it's been there. And it. so this trip to Hawaii, I keep coming back to it because it was (laughs) so amazing. And it was really a work trip, actually. What but, or, well, it wasn't work, but it was a chairman's club. It's sort of an American thing. I've never experienced it before that certain criteria that ha- basically how much you've worked, if you're a consultant, gives you this invite for a lovely few days in Hawaii with your spouse. So it was beautiful. And we got to go, Andreas and I, and some I met some of my colleagues for the first time in person because, you know, I've been here two and a half years now and... COVID hit. And plus, it's a little bit of a lonely job being a consultant because you kind of travel, you meet a lot of people, but not necessarily your colleagues, right? Mm. And I met some of my colleagues for the first time and it was just so lovely, right? What an energy boost. So I I did write a post around that too. I think as people and as leaders and self-leaders to maybe really be a bit more intentional about creating moments for connecting uh for your your people your family your like because it does give us energy yes. so if we are a little low in energy and some are saying okay but to your point you can work in an office and also be totally drained from energy mm-hmm. it is about how do i build these moments where people can connect to generate that energy yes and that's what i want to do here on mallorca yeah that's where this institute that's what I would want to do is to bring you know we wear so much time in our minds especially with colleagues and work projects and there is something about connecting and moving that mind world to the heart world where it actually becomes real yeah (laughs) right um that's what we're striving for. Oh, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Baby okay. steps. Yes, baby steps, baby <laughs> steps. But it's it's beautiful. And I, I think... But you, also, just to say, for those that are feeling lonely and with the whole connection part, that can also be overwhelming. And yeah. feel it's something you can fail in, right? You can feel yeah. like, I didn't connect when I met my lovely colleagues or I didn't connect and I don't have as many friends and so on. And my tool here again is well first of all perhaps reach out to those you do have and then baby steps i was laughing at myself how i my 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 word of this year was you know plant the seeds and i still have the expectation that i should already have it all yeah what a good insight yeah how can you have the <laughs> the flower if your goal is to plant the seeds exactly so small small steps you know, try to make a lunch next week with someone or go for a walk or whatever is small for you. Maybe that is big, you know, or or maybe that's nothing. But yeah, small steps. Yeah, yeah, I'm loving it. (laughs) 
Okay, so here's another thought around that. I think, and really, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here because it's something <laughs> that I've noticed lately and it's a little bit fun, but I think we all do it, right? That whole idea that we look at others and we see something that it looks so amazing. And I think this is the curse of social media because mm. 99% of what everyone puts out there are all the amazing things that they do. They put out 5% of their life on social media, right? What has been my post this year? It has been beautiful in the snow in Sweden, right? With you. Uh, and it's been Hawaii, right? So it looks <laughs> like I'm constantly on a mountaintop either in Sweden or Hawaii, having this amazing life. But of course, I'm here in all this stress and work and, you know, like mm. all these different things. But we, we see that and we're like, wow, that's the kind of life that I want to have. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because you are now in your dream location, Mallorca. Mm. And I've, for years, you've spoken about Mallorca, which I think is so beautiful. I was actually telling someone, it's been some time since we were in touch. And I said, Oh, guess what? My sister moved to Mallorca. And she goes, oh, wow. I remember she had her wedding there, mm. right? And so now it's happening. How exciting, right? Mm -hmm. But you know what you've done recently? What you've started to talk about? And like, when I'm going to come and visit you? You're like, ah, oh, Victoria, when you come, we should go to Ibiza. <laughs> it's like an Ibiza. I There's see like... your point here, but... <laughs> It just represents, yeah, I guess it's the constant quest for adventure. Because I think that that is a different point from what you made before. I thought you were going one way. And, and the one way, I think, is that on social media, we see the final product. Of, yes, which is, you know, I was probably so going many ways. <laughs> we yeah. compare our starting steps to someone's final product. But obviously somewhere you've seen a pizza on social media and in your head you must have thought like, <laughs> Wow, imagine to go to a pizza where I'm like, you're living the dream in Mallorca. <laughs> but don't worry, I don't want to go and live in a pizza. I feel like I'm living in in the space. But I think that you know, you need to have a little sister island on a two hour boat ride away where you can kind of, you know, what what happens you're in vicious. a pizza stays in a pizza. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> All right. So for everyone, if you want to have a little bit of a mental um, boost, I'd say. There are a few books that we've Come read. Come to pizza. <laughs> Come to pizza. <laughs> uh, but, but I think there are a few books that we think would be, that we've read, that we love. I'm reading right now, so I, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm really enjoying the Robin Sharma, The Everyday Hero. So that's sort of like a book to have on the bedside table with little short pep talks, basically. Like some mm -hmm. chapters are like two pages and it's just like, good insights, wonderful ideas and thoughts. I thought that was really good. Mm -hmm. um, another book that we've both read is The Long Game by Doris Clark. And I mm -hmm. thought that was uh, really a great and quite inspiring book. And, and it's okay. We're like most successes. And I thought that for me really helped. It's not happening overnight. And we somehow, we, we have this idea that a success is even better if it's super quick, right? If it mm -hmm. happened overnight. And it makes even more sense. And I think that book is amazing in, in that way, setting the idea that no, like it takes time and work before you actually get there. And, mm -hmm. and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. um, what other books do we have to recommend you think? Well, uh, Lagom is a book that you've been reading, right? It's like just enough, good enough. Yeah, like based on the Swedish expression of like, sometimes it's also good enough to, we don't have to go all in on everything, right? And it's a good, actually, just thinking about expression, right? It's that idea again that like lagom is actually like, it's what we strive for yeah. in Sweden. And lagom is like just enough is what it's called. But what is beyond the meaning of just enough is that it's actually the, the state that you strive yeah. for. It's the perfect place, just enough, not having too much, not having too little, which is not really kind of resonant with capitalism or, no. <laughs> or the rest of the world. But right? if it but resonates it's, it's with you, nice... if you look back, we have an episode on Lagom. So everyone mm -hmm. who's like not fed up with us after this hour and when they have a little bit more of a pep talk, I mm -hmm. think go through the old uh, episodes and you'll find one around that philosophy of Lagom, which I think is uh, pretty good. Yeah. All right. Um, Another book is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I think it's always valuable. You know, I'm such a fan. I mean, that's why I'm working for Franklin Covey. Um, 
to just use that framework and, and it's a wonderful way. And that's where you find the circle of influence, for example, that's a beautiful one. And then I would perhaps finally say that if what you really need is to just kind of calm down and accept where you are, to maybe pick up a just a fiction, you know, yes. a nice fiction book and go with that, go with the flow for a while. And um, I'm reading um, Piranesi, Piranesi uh, which is this imaginary world, super strange. And um, just pick something up that uh. maybe helps you disappear for a little bit. Okay, so I have another one, the one I'm reading right now, The Dictionary of Lost Words. Amazing. I'm loving it. So that's another one that also gives me some really good insight. All right. So everyone, thank you so much for listening to us today. If you think someone else needs a little bit of a lift up here, uh, please um, let them know about our podcast. We are so grateful that you're here listening. We have listeners across the world, uh, I think, over 70 different countries, listeners in those. I think our top countries right now is actually the US has passed Sweden. Go, come on, Sweden. No, but <laughs> the US, the UK, Sweden, Holland, uh, lots of countries in Europe and a little bit everywhere. Thank you so much. Lots of listeners in India starting to listen to. Thank you so much, everyone who's listening. We are so enjoying uh, you every month checking in with us. Yes, and that is the format now, as you see, a little bit longer. We take a little bit more time to really think through what we want to share with you, like the most inspiring things that we have explored that month. And we have a bit of a longer episode coming out each month. Yes, we hope you will enjoy. Good luck, everyone. And uh, we'll see you uh, and talk to you next time. And thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com.